If you're a marathon runner, you have your own brand and you're considering Amazon, the answer is just FBA. There's no yeah. other option, actually. Mm -hmm. There can be some edge case categories where it's optional, but when you when you look at the first page and there are first 5%, first 10, first 20 in FBA, don't do that without FBA. But if you're like a sprinter and you have a lot of sprints, which means a lot of products having to run, you having 10,000 of products, you cannot just move your whole warehouse to Amazon. Then you need to use what you got. And that's all the carriers on the market. Hello and welcome to the Ecom Ops Podcast. We believe that there is more than enough content focused on e-commerce marketing and not enough content celebrating the real heroes of e-commerce, those running the operation. Each week, we find and interview an e-commerce operations expert to share the secrets behind how some of this industry's most exciting businesses are run. I'm your host, Norbert Strappler, the CEO of SyncSpider. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ecom Ops podcast. And today I have David with me, who is an marketplace expert from Expando. Um, welcome, David. Hello. Thank you for having me. Hello. Hey, yeah, great to have you. I mean, we are neighbors. We just discovered David is from the Czech Republic. I'm from Austria and an interview here, very local in Europe. That's always great. Thank you so much for joining David. Let's. Introduce yourself. Tell us a bit more about yourself, about Expando. Why are you in marketplace business? What are you doing? The entire story, please. Okay. So, guten Tag, everyone. Hello. My name is David. We are a company called Expando. Expando is a Spanish word. It, called, it means to expand. However, there's no other connection with, with Spain. We just like the words. So, that's it. So, we are right now marketplace agency and a SaaS business, SaaS marketplace connector from Czech Republic and Slovakia, which is in terms of e-commerce is one market. I hope my Slovak friends don't buy me say that, but it's one market versus similar markets. What we do is very simple. We're connecting local stores to worldwide marketplaces such as Amazon, and we're helping foreign sellers to enter CE market to help them to succeed on Alza, for example, the biggest Czech marketplace or Allegro Kaufland. So that's probably the topic of today. So yeah, so we're helping the brands to, to just uh, overcome all the problems that Amazon and other marketplaces like the and and PPC and the returns and so on and so forth. So yeah, that's the biggest. Awesome. Cool. Well, that's great. What, what are your typical customers? I, I like to, to call them by nicknames. Uh, first of all, we call Sprinter. Sprinting a lot of uh, short tracks, 100 meter sprint. And in, in our terminology, it's a distributor, it's a reseller who's reselling tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, sometimes even products which from various brands, sometimes very well-known worldwide brands. And it's about the profit margin. They're selling the electronics, they're selling fashion and so on. And they're just looking to seek some new opportunities. Maybe the, the problems with the economy, with the inflation, especially here in Czech Republic. So they need to overcome that. So they're seeking some new platforms where they can gain some new profit and new customers. But that's the sprinters. They usually come to us like, hey, we need some new profit because it's uh, it's like slowing down for the past couple of years. The second one, we call it Marathon Runner, the long distance runner, 40 kilometers and more. And that's the brand owner. They having their old brand. They, you know, having the same brand for years, just developing the, sometimes one product or just a few products, one brand, uh, having the one race for the whole life, sometimes even. And they thinking in the, like longer terms, but the problem is pretty much the same. We need a new customers. We need new ways how to market our brand. So that's some kind of two, two different runners. Both of them are sportmen, both of them are runners, but completely different style of run. Mm -hmm. And your service is actually a SaaS software, how to list those products on those related uh, marketplaces that you have on file. 
and you also offer a service to optimize the listings or what is the, the other part of the story? Yeah, we like seven years ago, we began the, the story with just helping the sellers with whatever they want, whatever they need on Amazon. Usually that's yeah. the biggest market for us. We start to develop our own software tool called Expando app which is synchronizing orders and synchronizing product, pretty basic stuff. I would say many tools can do that. We are now optimized for Czech and Slovak market. So in this market, it's pretty standard to use Expando because we are connected to very specific local systems. Mm -hmm. In terms of the worldwide sellers or European sellers, this tool you never heard about, and you will probably will not heard of in the next few months or next few years. Since for those kind of sellers, we use just very well-known, very well-known automation tools from the market, from US, from UK. Spider, whatever it is on the market to help the sellers list the products, promote them. So I would say we are much, much more successful in the terms of the consultation, in terms of the agency, the full service agency for Amazon that we are, we, we kind of like by coincidence, accidents have a two companies. One is SaaS, one is agency. Well, right now we are more focused on the agency stuff because we see the more opportunity and we see that brand sellers even need more us in this kind of, in this kind of stuff than we need to the tool because as I said, the tool is pure local and in Europe, there are hundreds of tools like that. So we can use that. Yeah. Got it. Got it. What is so important or what is the most, most important facts to get visibility on Amazon, any other marketplace? Can you specify that? What do you mean? Yeah. I'm not new to market. I want to sell my products online on a new market in the CE. I want to get the visibility. Of course, what's important? How can I get this visibility? What do you typically do with? the customers to, to get them selling products. Yeah. Understand it. I get it. The first thing we do is we try to pick the right platform because from my experience, and maybe it's like echo chamber of a, like our small e-commerce market, but the sellers have usually, they have some expectations about, I've heard about this marketplace. It's good. So that's why I wouldn't be there. And it's, it's sometimes not the right way how to choose the, the market. So we spent a lot of time, sometimes a lot to, to pick the right platform. To, to sell them because it's, it, it can be like spray and pray, just do everything, but it's usually another way how it like the brand succeed, usually need to pick the right one. So we spent a lot of time, like three, four five spreadsheets. We ping pong with the client about the predictions and the spends and the conversion rates and so on and the margins. Then we decided, okay, let's go on this platform because it seems like the low hanging fruit. Let's go there. So I would say that, that the biggest difference is we try to be hundred percent sure, even if it's not at all hundred percent any time to be sure that this platform will be successful, but we try to, to pick the main one. That's cool, the biggest obstacle. How do you choose the platform then? So what are the aspects that you're looking at? Usually it's, you realize the biggest one. There's yeah. no magic inside. It's, it's, it's just about like people constantly trying to find some mojo, some special elements inside, but it's about the price. It's about the delivery. It's about the reviews. It's about the conversion rates. So that, that's it. We try to, and we try to find, as I said, low hanging fruit where we have the most money for least resistance, I would say. Mm -hmm. Got it. Um, are there any kind of products where you say, okay, mm -hmm, I know already these kind of products will not work or that there is no marketplace for something like that? Yeah. One of my favorite is the products which are connected to like cannabis, it can be CBD, yeah. it can be stuff like that, which is very popular, which it's great category. I like it. However, all the platforms, not only marketplaces like Amazon, but also Facebook, also Google, consistently giving you headaches about switching <laughs> off settings and you are banned for one day and you are not banned for a next day. So those are categories which are, they are legal, they're great, 
but I'm like, when it, someone see, I'm selling a CBD, I'm selling something, which is hemp, whatever. I'm like, man, I, as much as I like those products, like don't do that. It can be even airsoft stuff, which is again, like Amazon supposed it's a weapon. We, we have one point of story about a seller who's selling outdoor stuff. It's nothing like controversial outdoor stuff, but the company name, the legal name of the company is Army Salting. Oh, and one of the marketplace, and one of the marketplaces say, oh, we have no war policy or whatever. So we're going to ban this seller. I'm like, it's name of the company. It's not like what they sell. Look at what they sell. And the seller is bad as well. So yeah, so those kind of, those kind of uh, edge cases, edge categories, we try to avoid. In short, when you have your own web shop and you have problems finding a credit card payment service provider, then it's yeah. also hard to get listed on a marketplace. Yeah, that's it. That's true. Yeah, that's the same story. But yeah, I know about them. And to be honest, I we have also a lot of customers from the CBD area and know the products are good and the products have nothing to do with the drugs. But it's in general very hard to get them listed anywhere because they just see the term CBD and the thing, the story is over already before it started. Yes, it's sometimes so bizarre. I think in France, we get banned for selling kitchen knives because it's weapon and so on. Or some like access for the garden and so on. So it's like, well, guys, come on. Yeah. Okay. I, I got that. Cool. And how do you handle or how do you recommend people handle shipping, for instance? You, you said that a lot of your customers coming from foreign countries and uh, they want to get this new market out rolled out. Shipping is something so critical that the goods are at the target in a very fast time span and um and if they send from their home location that's i think typically quite a long shipping time so what do you recommend for doing the shipping yeah if you're a marathon runner you have your own brand and you're considering amazon the answer is just fba there's no yeah. other option actually mm -hmm. there can be some edge case categories where it's not where it's optional but when you when you look at the first page and there are five, first five, first 10, first 20 in FBA, don't do that without FBA. Just if you don't want to go with FBA, don't do so else. But if you're like a sprinter and you have a lot of sprints, which means a lot of products having to run, you're having 10,000 of products, you cannot just move your whole warehouse to Amazon. Then you need to use what you got. And that's all the carriers on the market. And now the problem is, it's not a problem to get the, the package from your warehouse to custom because it's standardized in Europe. Everybody uses the same services. The delivery rates are pretty much same. The, the, the time is pretty much same. It's, I, I think it's not a problem with like this time, but where the problem is, it's having the, re the returns making the difference. And you would be, you'll be surprised if like, let's say the top 10% of the sellers having the great system for returns, but the rest, even sometimes big sellers, they like screwing things up when things go wrong and when they need to return. So the yeah. return are the, the biggest problem I would say. And is it also the biggest difference because you cannot differentiate in the shipping is you can, maybe your carrier will have the, the better rate for this country. Another carrier will have the faster shipping for that country, but the, the differences are minimal, but in terms of returns, that's the way how you can differentiate. So that's why we, for example, use the shipping returns in every single product. It's like customers want to return. Here is a prepaid shipping label. Just put it on the packet, send it back. If it's not something we can just leave it, take it. We're going to refund you money, but usually it's not because it's the, the price is higher. Then prepaid shipping label, that's the way to go. It's usually cheaper. You will get more reviews and so on. But I will be surprised how many even big brands are like, you know, hesitating to do so because they want to control what, you know, the, the customer is saying. If they're lying, we say, screw that, just ignore it. Just put there the shipping label because you will, in the end of the day, 
you will gain more profit because you will sell more with stupid reviews. That's cool. That's a really good approach. When I talk to sellers, I often hear that the costs for the returns are, of course, quite high if we need to pay them and they are more likely sending the goods back if they have already a shipping label. So these are the typical arguments. But your argument, as I understood, is that if you do that, you most likely will not have more returns than, than if you would not put the return label in the package. But you will get more likely a good review because of the service. Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. We tried. We have the same seller for some times. They have the, let's say the standard. There was an address when you need to, we need to send the package and then we re return the payment, uh, refund the, or the order. And then we tried, okay, let's put their prepaid label, same written rate. Uh, people who want to like, just, you know, go around the system and try to scare you, they're going to do it anyway, mm -hmm. but it is a small proportion. Yeah. 99% of people, they just want to return it because they don't like it or whatever is the reason. And if it's a lot, it, it and, and the costs were lower because people are well, less communication, less time, much more control over it and so on. So we, and, and in the end of the day, better reviews, so higher account health to higher sales. It was yeah, like, yeah, no brainer, let, dude, let's do it. That's really a cool mm. suggestion. And this is something that sellers easily can try yeah, for a short time to just try that out and see if it works for them as well. And it's a really cool recommendation. Thank you for that. While we are talking about those customer satisfaction facts, yeah, I think it's different. It's difficult. You're selling on a foreign market with a language barrier. You get reviews maybe in the local language, you get communication in local language. How do you solve that? Or how can sellers easily solve that and overcome that problem? Yeah, that's a good question. When we started, uh, we recommended sellers, yeah, so you just hire someone who can speak German. It's a huge problem. So what we did, we have our own internal customer support and we outsource this for the sellers. We, we do not sell that on the market like a product. We sell, if you sell with us, we're going to handle those questions. And, and we do it only to keep the account alive and have for good reviews because in the end of the day, you're going to sell more. If the seller is able to speak the language and hit the criteria, and that's sometimes even like big, bigger problem than the speak the language, because there's sometimes someone who can speak the language, but Amazon wants some kind of, you need to answer within some hours. So there are some rules you need to obey and different marketplaces have different rules. So there are just small proportion of companies prepared to hit all the criteria. Much easier for our company, and this is like completely subjective, was like, let's build the, let's build the customer support over here and then use it for all like hundred sellers that we work with. And it's 99% of them just want to use it because they are not able to hit those criteria. Yeah, I fully understand. And I see this as one of those hardest points that when you do listing your products in foreign countries, because not everyone is capable to talk in English or write in English, especially in the B2C area. And I yeah. think that's a very good idea to have that support in place. What marketplaces do you see as having untapped potential? So there's one you maybe never, or your listeners maybe never heard of. It's called Amazon and it's to it's have the untapped potential. I would say. No, no, I'm just joking. Okay, in my region, Czech Republic, Slovakia, it's in next few years, it's going to be Alza. It's the long-term standard year, number one marketplace, number one web store, having a hugely profitable business, by the way. Those guys really know how to do e-commerce and they are like semi marketplace. They now, they're not open. So if someone is listening from foreign country, you, you can actually get the registration, but you will not get approved. So they're like limit, it's like limiting supply. 
so so they like picking just the local ones, but probably in the next few years they will maybe open the gates. Once they will, it's the place to go if you want to conquer a Czech Republic, Czech or Slovak Slovak market. Because if you are on all of that, you probably, you know, that you're having a good time. But in the terms of the big marketplace, and this is like probably a really boring answer, but it's Amazon. I know that people sometimes like, I know Amazon. David, give me something more. It's like, no. Do you have the basic there? Do you like leveraging all the opportunities are there? But usually not. If you don't have any professional in-house or like having a team, that is probably you not leveraging all the potential. So Amazon is the answer why I said it's the untapped potential because for many companies, it's still Amazon and there is still a lot of work to do. And also is already in other countries as far as I have seen. We know that in, in Germany, we have also Hungary, Austria, they're all sites and that's a growing marketplace here. Absolutely. I fully underline that. Any other marketplace that you have in mind, maybe? In, in our country, in our region, there is like something you, you probably like in, in the West, you know that, but the platforms, Allegro and Kaufland, they yeah. entered the Czech and Slovak market this year, actually. There is a big battle between those two. There's also Alda, like the long-term established, and there's Amazon, which will one at once, like sooner or later, they will enter the Czech Republic because they are in Poland, Germany, and Austria. So they are from three sides, there's Amazon. So they will once conquer the Czech Republic as well. So we have some kind of big fight between those platforms. So, so pretty rough time for local sellers right now because of the economic situation. Plus you have two more big animals on the playing field, Allegro from Poland and Kauf from Germany entering Czech Republic. So, so very interesting times over here. But from, in terms of the platforms you, maybe your listeners like not that familiar with, I would say Heureka. Heureka is price comparison site in here and Adriatics and in Balkan as well, but they're changing to be a marketplace in the future. So right now they are biggest price comparison site over here, pretty dominant, but they're going to change the, the model in upcoming years to be a fully established marketplace. And they have like 60,000 shops or something like that on their platform and having a few million visits per every single month. So once they will finish the, the platform and they will switch on the marketplace, it can be another very interesting player in this region because they are not a seller. They are just a platform. And, and so we will see. Yeah, it would be interesting. So this leads me to a good question. Where do you see the future of online marketplaces in the next couple of years, five years? Amazon number one still. There's nothing that can change it, I think. Right now we have a big debate about the Chinese platforms. Tenmu, Xi'an, pretty, pretty rough guys over here. The lot of, I don't know if it's the same in Austria, but in Czech Republic, I see that the LinkedIn and Twitter threads, the locals being like, what the hell is going on? There is no Google shopping positions because all of them, like literally all of them are bought out of those guys. So there's no way to compete them because they have no budget limits. But as I said, the battle will continue. There's going to be the big animals from like Amazon, but there's going to be Emac, Allegro, Kaufland, and there's going to be the, the Chinese guys entering over here. Platforms will dominate. There's no other way, I think. Yeah. And how do you see the, the e-commerce stores, the own stores? As probably many of you, I, I have my favorite stores because there's a spirit. There's something, they have some brand we can say, but I call it like more spirit and I like them and I like them no matter what, if they sometimes screw the order or whatever, they are not that cheap as Amazon or they are not that quick as Alza or whatever, but I like them. So, because they have something, they have some, I have some relationship with them. And I think this is the way you can't compete with the price. You can't compete in speed. You can't compete with the scale with those platforms, but you can still compete with the heart or the spirit because those platforms are like cold hearted. Usually they don't have any like personalized stuff. 
And that was a big wake-up call for Allegro, by the way, for the first few months in Czech Republic. They got terrible reviews because they just like flooded the market, opened the gates and that's it. Yeah. And But the local sellers were pretty like, they were not that big, but they were like calling the customers in their language and so on. And they still keep going. So I would say it's going to be much more luxury to have some kind of traffic on the web. But if you have something, if you have something extra, you are the winner. Yeah, because I have some webshops, but I will never, you know, I, I, will, I, will, I will still continue to shop with them because I just like them and they have something I like. Yeah, yeah. So you need still a web shop, but the real business comes through the marketplaces. It depends, but I would say that for the vast majority of categories, it will like slowly turns out that the platforms will give you more and more in terms of the revenue. Uh, the profit will be smaller and smaller because of the platforms just charging you a lot. That's just the truth we need to say. And the, the web shop's probably going to be like your, for your core customers, which really like you and they will come to your to website, but the, the biggest revenue will be generated on the platforms. That's on the platforms. Yeah. What top piece of advice would you give to e-commerce business owners? Interesting. And I'm maybe not, I'm not maybe that objective since I'm like, I have a skin in the game. So maybe my answer is not, can be subjective, but have someone, hire someone in-house expert, doesn't really matter who understands Amazon. It's because the game of the marketplace is, or as, as I see it, it's Amazon. And then there's a huge gap and there's in terms of difficulty, there's Amazon, huge gap, and there are all other platforms, eBay, Allegro, Kaufland. They're relatively easy in comparison with Amazon. You can yeah, maybe handle those in-house. It's like for search engine optimization, focus on Google and the rest comes with it. Yes, that's it. And Amazon is the big game. Like all, all I, I never met a good seller on the platforms, which would be, I'm super successful. Like on all the platforms, except Amazon, like in that case, you are not successful because I'm, I'm, I baby is not true in every case, but you know what I mean? So get someone who knows like deep Amazon, number one, then focus on other platforms, or maybe the decision can be, we're so unique that we're going to ignore those platforms because we can copy them. We have the heart, we have the spirit. So we don't want to sell on the, on the platforms. We have just on web store. Now, a lot of web shops over here in Czech Republic who like going against those platforms saying, I don't want to participate. But in that case, I'm saying, okay, fair enough, but what's the difference? What's going to be your approach? And if you have someone who can help you with that, or you can educate yourself, that's like easy with well, right now, that will be the advice I'll give you. It's just focus on it. Awesome. Thank you so much. As you have been talking about teaching already, my last question as always, who has taught you the most about e-commerce in your career? I'm not sure if I have a one, just one name, but one name which came up which like, when you say that, I have one name and this guy doesn't know I'm exist. Maybe you know him. It's a guy from the Berlin Brands Group. It's called Maltek. I'm, I'm not even sure how it's pronounced. It's Karsten or something like that. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his uh, last name right. I think it's uh, from Switzerland. You can find it on Twitter, LinkedIn. He's CEO, I hope so, Berlin Brands Group. You probably know who is that. Uh, and this guy has so much good insights. I'm just like, when he's posting something, I got, I need to see it. So. So a lot of insights for so maybe for all the listeners. If you're looking for some good advice, he's not maybe not the mainstream guy, but like for me, it's like super niche insider. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time, David. Was really a pleasure talking to you and learning a bit more about the marketplaces and yeah, the possibilities where to go, what to, to look at and what to consider. And I really can just again underline the fact that going on marketplaces, spreading the product across different marketplaces, analyzing first what makes sense, what not, is really something that can help you grow your business. 
Thank you. Talk soon. And that's it for this episode of the Ecom Ops Podcast. If you enjoyed listening and would like us to find and interview more e-commerce operations experts, please search for Ecom Ops Podcast in your favorite podcast listening app and then subscribe, rate, and review. Until next time. 